Hello and welcome to Sit, Stay, Listen with the Kentucky Humane Society. I'm Kate Sale, Certified Professional Dog Trainer, coming to you from Forward Radio 106.5 WFMP LP. You can visit us on forwardradio.org for more episodes of Sit, Stay, Listen or to check out any of our other programming. Remember that we are listener supported, so don't forget to hit that donate button. At Sit, Stay, Listen, we want to answer your questions about your pets and help you understand why they do what they do so that you can build a better relationship with the animals in your household. You can send those questions to our email, behavior at kyhumane.org, or to the Kentucky Humane Society Facebook page. So thank goodness we are finally getting into this gorgeous spring weather. The sunshine has come out, it is warming up, and that means that we are about to get outside with our dogs. And with that, we might notice that it's time to dig in on some of that dog training that we might have slacked on a little bit over the winter. We might have a couple skills that have gotten a little rusty. And so this is a great time to start to review some of those basic skills. And so today I wanted to take some time to just talk about Dog Training 101 and to help you understand the basic practices and principles behind dog training. And as we say in our intro, why our dogs do what they do and how our behavior impacts our dog's behavior. So when a lot of us think about dog training and we think about the process of teaching our dog new skills, our basic obedience skills tend to come to mind our sit, down, coming when called, and setting up those training sessions where we have our treats, we have our clicker ready to go, and those are absolutely fantastic, they're important, and it's a great way to teach those basic skills. However, the way that we live with our dogs on a day-to-day basis, and how we set up our home and the environment that our dogs live in, and those daily interactions have a huge impact on our dog's behavior. Our daily interactions will largely shape our relationship with our dogs and the way that they choose to behave in your home. So when we start to talk about basic training, we want to start from the very beginning. And that's talking about what happens even before you start to teach your dog how to sit. Let's start to look at those fundamentals. So one of the first things that I always look at is understanding that the number one currency to our dog in the whole world is our attention. That is the single most important thing to our dog above all other things. What can I do that makes my human look at me, talk to me, and give me attention? We've been selectively breeding our dog friends to work with us and to seek our attention for thousands and thousands of years. We've done that really, really well. And when we think about giving our dogs attention, and the type of attention that our dogs are looking for, obviously their preference would be treats and love and pets and praise, games, toys, all of those wonderful things. And sure, that is the ultimate goal. However, even negative attention is still attention and is something that can still be reinforcing for our dogs. So even things like no, no bad dog, being pushed off if they jump up, or being chased across the house so that you can retrieve that shoe that they picked up, even that kind of attention is still going to be reinforcing for our dogs. And any type of behavior that gets our dog attention and acknowledgement is the kind of behavior that our dog is going to repeat. 
And dogs are creatures of habit, so the more that a behavior is repeated, the more likely it is to continue. So if a dog figures out that a particular behavior gets our attention, and it gets our attention every time, then we can start to create a feedback loop. And it's ultimately up to us if it's the kind of feedback loop that we want, or if it's something that we'd rather not have continue. Our dog learning how to greet us properly is a great example. We're gonna walk through that door reliably every day. Our dog is going to get attention, so you need to decide what they're going to get attention for and what sort of behavior you're going to be acknowledging when you walk in the door. Whatever your dog does that gets you to reach down, pet your dog, that gets you to say hello to your dog after being gone all day, or yes, even the behavior that gets you to push your dog off of you and say, no, no, get down. That is the behavior that you're rewarding, whether you like that behavior or not. So if every day you get home, you come through the door, your dog rushes to the door, they jump on you, you tell them to get off, they jump up again, you tell them to get off, you put down your bag, you eventually reach down, scritch your dog's ears, give them a good hello, they've gotten attention, Jumping up has been successful, and this is the routine that's repeated every day, and so that is the pattern that's been built. And so this is how your dog learns that they're supposed to say hello. One of the other options for that is that we can take some time and teach our dog to sit to be greeted. If our dog jumps up, we turn around and walk away. If our dog sits properly, we turn around, we pet them, that's what's going to get our attention, that's what's going to get rewarded. And so we create a positive feedback loop where our dog is giving us the appropriate behavior, they're getting the attention and acknowledgement for that behavior, so that is the behavior that's going to be repeated. So we want to think about what behavior we want our dog to do and make sure that we're acknowledging the correct thing. So I want you to take a moment and think about the kinds of behaviors that your dog does that get your attention every single time. I'll wait. Okay, now I want you to think about whether or not these are behaviors that you want your dog to repeat. Most often, when I'm giving this talk in person, I'm watching my students go, oh geez. Chances are, a lot of the behaviors that are getting your attention every time are things like jumping up, barking, grabbing a shoe and running across the house. They're often behaviors that are very difficult for us to ignore. However, the things that we want our dogs to do, like quietly laying in their bed or chewing on a bone, entertaining themselves, these are often things that are not going to get our attention. So unfortunately, we tend to ignore the things that we like rather than acknowledging and rewarding our dog for doing the right thing. Because remember, our dogs are going to repeat the behaviors that get them attention, that get them rewards, and that earn them reinforcement. So if we like what our dog is doing, it is very important that we make sure that we reward that behavior. So we need to think about what behaviors we want to reward, what behaviors we want to acknowledge, and what behaviors we want to make sure that our dog is going to repeat. In human world, we have a tendency to not acknowledge the good things, but to always feel like we want to correct the things that we don't want our dog to do. 
to always give attention to the things we don't want. So the logical follow-up question to this is, all right, my dog is doing something I don't want them to do. Do I just simply ignore it? How do I deal with that behavior? And that's a totally fair question. And the first thing we have to do is to take a look at where this behavior might be coming from. So when we bring a dog into our home, we have to understand that there are a lot of behaviors that we see as problem behaviors that are actually totally natural and normal dog behaviors, even if they're not particularly appropriate in human world. For example, it's totally logical for a dog to want to go through a trash can if it's something that they have access to. Obviously, this is something that we never want to allow. It's a mess, and it's potentially incredibly dangerous for our dogs. However, we do want to try and understand where our dogs are coming from. It is full of all kinds of incredible smells. It has wonderful food trash. It's also a whole lot of fun to go through that trash can, knock it over, tear things up, spread things around. And then, if you're home and they get caught in that trash can, then they get the reinforcement of all of the attention that comes with having gone through the trash can. And remember that attention, even negative attention, is better than no attention at all. And often, Behaviors like picking up a shoe and running away with it, going through the trash can, these are often attention-getting behaviors that they've learned to do out of boredom or when they're not being properly supervised. So going through the trash has a number of built-in rewards all by itself. So by giving our dog access to things like the trash, our shoes, that kitchen towel that they love to run away with, and responding to our dog every time they interact with one of those things, We've actually taught and reinforced these behaviors. So when we bring a dog into our home, we need to take a look at the environment, be honest about a dog, who they are as an animal, as a species, and set our home and our environment up so that our dog can be successful. And that's generally what we refer to as management. So if we have a large dog that can reach a trash can that doesn't have a lid on it, we can anticipate the likelihood that they are probably going to try and get into that trash. So that gives us the opportunity to be proactive and set the environment up so that that isn't going to be an option. And that could involve gating off the kitchen, making sure that the trash can has a secure lid, or having a trash can that is in a cabinet, but essentially taking that option off the table. If you have a young puppy that is going to want to try to chew on everything, again, we need to think about this logically. Puppies are teething. They are going to want to put everything in their mouth, and that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with your puppy. It means that they are puppies, and puppies chew. If you ignore your puppy for chewing on the right things, and your puppy gets bored, and they figure out that if they pick up something they're not supposed to chew on, and it gets your attention, it gets you to jump up, come over, and interact with them every single time, they're actually getting rewarded for chewing on the wrong thing. And so we're teaching them to chew on the things we don't want them to chew on. And again, we need to look at management. How can we set up the environment and the situation to help them be successful and chew on the appropriate things? 
So making sure that they have a wide variety of textures and making sure that we're engaging with them and giving them that enrichment and that interaction that they need. And with young puppies, they're generally not ready to have access to the entire house. And we have to set them up with a carefully curated area for them to be in where they only have access to things that are going to be safe and appropriate for them to interact with. So by putting a management strategy in place, we're setting ourselves up so that we don't have to acknowledge and intervene when they're doing the behavior that we don't want them to do. So we're not inadvertently having to reinforce the behaviors that we don't want. And once you've put your dog in a position where they have limited opportunities to get themselves into trouble, that means that your dog is set up to do well, which gives you endless opportunities to reward and acknowledge your dog for doing the right thing. As we already know, supervision is key. But when we've set up a good management strategy, we're not watching for our dog to make mistakes or to get in trouble. We're watching our dog so we can catch them doing something great that we can reward. And that's a lot more fun for you, and it's a lot more fun for your dog. And remember, whatever gets rewarded, whatever gets acknowledged, that is the behavior that they're going to repeat. That is the behavior that will become the habit. So if you notice that your dog is continually getting themselves into trouble or getting into things that they shouldn't be getting into, chances are that they might have a little too much freedom and that there are some management steps that need to be taken to help your dog be successful. And this is not necessarily the case just for young puppies or just for dogs that are new to your home. This can be the case for any dog. If there are things going on that have become a problem, your first step is always to look at management. How can you limit or eliminate your dog's ability to continue to rehearse these behaviors? Now, once we've put a management strategy in place, then we need to start to look at training. And in the second half of our show, we're gonna talk about what that beginning training looks like and how to move forward once you've got a management strategy in place. You are here with Sit, Stay, Listen with the Kentucky Humane Society on Forward Radio 106.5, and we'll be back after a short break with some original music by John 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 Slater. Tommy Bond That's just what's going on To us all that's either right or wrong I can't recall I've just been driving around having fun We will evolve What has been going on Will be the end of all That's just a matter of opinion cause it will dissolve As we start driving around having fun And one will see What the world will be When we're done driving around having fun Welcome back to Sit, Stay, Listen with the Kentucky Humane Society. I'm your host, Kate Sale, Certified Professional Dog Trainer. If you missed the first half of this episode, visit us on forwardradio.org. 
You can catch this episode from the very beginning, check out any of our previous episodes, and all of the other programming available on Forward Radio 106.5. I'm taking our show today to talk a little bit about basic training for our dogs and how we think about introducing basic skills and how our behavior impacts our dog's behavior. And the first part of our show, I talked a little bit about our attention as currency and the importance of management within the environment, making sure that you are setting your dog up to be successful. And this half of the show, we're going to talk a little bit more about what we do to move forward. Once we have our management strategy in place, what do we do in terms of basic training? When you think about your dog's behavior and your dog's training, chances are your mind often goes to the things that you wish your dog didn't do and working on training to get your dog to stop doing certain things. So let's think about that for a moment. When we focus on the things that we do not want, we are slowly eliminating our dog's options. I don't want you to jump. I don't want you to chew. I don't want you to pull on the leash. And so when we talk about how we want our dog to behave, we are slowly going down the list and crossing out options. And eventually, we're not really going to have any options left. And when we're focused on all of the things we don't want our dog to do, there's one very important piece that is missing, which is what you do want your dog to do. So rather than being focused on what you don't want, you can make a lot more progress by thinking about the things that you do want your dog to do. So what we want to think about are incompatible behaviors, things that your dog can do in place of an unwanted behavior. And also keep in mind that a lot of these unwanted behaviors are often totally normal and natural dog behaviors. And that means that if we try to just eliminate that behavior altogether, the likelihood that we're going to be successful is not particularly high because our dog one way or another is going to need an appropriate outlet for that. So rather than try to completely eliminate that behavior, we need to find a more appropriate way for our dog to get that particular need met. So going back to a very simple example, and something that most of us run into with essentially every dog that we ever work with, we're going to talk about a dog that wants to jump up to visit. Jumping up is an attention-getting behavior, and it's extremely effective because it is basically impossible to ignore. We have a tendency to verbally respond to it. We might push our dog off of us. We tend to talk to them when they do that. We tell our dog to get off. We try and continue to walk forward, get in the door, put down our purse, whatever it happens to be. But however you look at it, jumping up on us to get attention is generally very effective. And that's the goal. But if we think about just getting our dog to not do that, we're asking ourselves, how can I get my dog not to greet me? And obviously not gonna be very effective, but it's also ultimately not what we want. So instead, ask yourself, how do you want your dog to greet you? What can we replace this jumping up behavior with? And there are a number of options for that, but the most common one 
is for your dog to sit politely so that you can reach down and pet them. Or an even simpler option, to have your dog come over and say hello and stand so that you can politely greet them. As simple as just keeping their feet on the floor. So by teaching an alternative behavior, we're still allowing our dog to get their needs met. And let's be honest, we're getting our needs met too. Of course we want to greet our dog when we come in, but we're helping it happen in a way that's going to be more appropriate for our dog and more enjoyable for us as well and for guests when they come into the house. And there are plenty of other behaviors that our dog does that we would prefer that they didn't. So rather than thinking about getting your dog to stop a particular behavior, ask yourself, what do you want your dog to do instead? And you want to think about starting to look for a replacement behavior, an alternative. And once you can come up with an alternative behavior, that will give you some specific training goals and behaviors that you want to get ready to teach your dog. And in the case of greeting politely, you want to work on that sit, even when your dog is excited, and you want to work on four on the floor. Our dogs are very good at understanding one word meaning one behavior. Sit means put your bottom on the ground. It's the same behavior every time attached to one word. Come means come to me. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. It always means the same thing. However, we have a tendency to want to tell our dog no. Unfortunately, no is not a behavior. It doesn't actually tell our dog what it is that we need them to do. No could be, no, don't run out the front door. No, don't jump on me. No, don't take that shoe. No, get off the couch. So no isn't really an effective thing to use with our dog because it doesn't actually communicate what we need our dogs to know. So I'm going to tell you one of my dog training secrets. I don't use no with my dogs. My dogs don't know what it means. Does that mean that my dogs never do anything wrong? That we have no rules? That they can just do whatever they want? Absolutely not. We have rules. We have structure. However, when they are doing something that I don't want them to do, rather than just telling them no, I give them very specific instructions and let them know what I need them to do instead. If my dog picks up something and is carrying it the opposite direction away from me, I can ask them to bring it. Bring it back. Bring it over here. If they are approaching something that I don't want them to, leave it is a beautiful tool for that. If they're walking towards an open door and I do not want them to go through it, come. Move away from the door, come to me instead, or wait. Stop moving forward. So when we teach very specific behaviors, we've given ourselves a wonderful set of tools to be able to communicate with our dog very clearly and to be able to focus on the things that we do want our dogs to do, rather than getting stuck on the things that we don't want. That is going to set them up to be able to follow clear instructions and be successful in human world. When we're teaching basic obedience, what we're really doing is we're teaching our dog human words so that we can build a common dialogue that allows us to communicate with our dogs 
in clear, simple language that both species are able to understand. We're teaching them that a word means a specific behavior, which allows them to follow clear, simple instructions. So as we know, each dog is a little bit different, and the needs of each person and each household will be a little bit different. If your dog has been struggling with some specific behavior challenges, then instead of just focusing on that standard list of obedience cues, start to think about what you would want your dog to do instead. Build a list of whatever those incompatible behaviors are, and then those are the behaviors that you're going to want to focus on when you start into your basic training. So while you might be focusing on basic obedience cues, and there are certain cues that are absolutely going to be important for everybody, especially that coming when called, never skip that one, you can choose to focus on obedience cues that are going to help you out the most in your day-to-day -day life with your dog. So instead of just saying no, we can tell them exactly what we need, get the answer that we're looking for, as long as we've spent the time that we need to spend doing that basic obedience training, and we have this great opportunity to give our dog lots and lots of rewards. So instead of focusing on the no's and on the negatives, we can focus on those positives and those rewards, asking for something specific, getting those responses, and having all of those opportunities to reward and acknowledge that good behavior and build those great habits. So in parting today, just a couple short notes for you. One, your attention is the most valuable thing in the world to your dog. So be very mindful about what you give attention to. If your dog is doing something great, let them know. If they're minding their own business, playing with a toy, engage in a game with them. Hand your dog a treat, give them a scritch behind the ear, give them that great belly rub, or pick up a leash and take them for a walk. Let those wonderful behaviors be the things that get your attention and encourage you to engage with your dog. Try not to give attention to the things that you don't like. And if you're consistently caught in a situation where you do feel like you need to give attention to things that you don't want your dog to do for your dog's safety or for the safety of your shoes or your furniture, that's an indicator that it's time to put some management strategies in place so that you can limit or eliminate your dog's ability to do those behaviors. And then you need to think about what training you need to put in place to start to address those behaviors. If you have particular concerns about your pet's behavior, do not hesitate to reach out to a certified professional dog trainer for some assistance. And lastly, punishment, telling your dog no, and focusing on all of the things that you don't want will only get you so far. Instead, try and focus on the things that you do want your dog to do. If there's an unwanted behavior that you want to address, find an incompatible behavior that you can train instead, and find a way to make sure that you are helping your dog get those natural needs that they have met. If your dog needs to chew, make sure that they have something appropriate to chew on and that they are getting rewarded and acknowledged for chewing on the right thing. These have been some basic notes on Dog Training 101 to help you get started on some basic manners and obedience and understanding some of the things that your dog does and how your behavior can impact your dog's behavior. 
there are some behaviors that will absolutely require the help of a professional. Remember that the Kentucky Humane Society does have training services and we are here to help you. You can find more information about that on our website, kyhumane.org. You can also call us directly in the Community Behavior Department to talk a little bit more about our dog training options. That phone number is 502-253-2883. Or you can email us at behavior at kyhumane.org. This has been Sit, Stay, Listen with the Kentucky Humane Society. Remember that we are here to answer your questions. So feel free to send those questions to us at behavior at kyhumane.org or to the Kentucky Humane Society Facebook page. And catch our other episodes on Forward Radio 106.5 WFMP or on our website forwardradio.org. We are listener supported, so make sure to visit our website and find out how you can support radio by the people for the people. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Everybody take care and have a great rest of your day.